come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my work. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman who is mad. Hi, and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your Polterguide, Kinsey. I'm your Polterguide, Donna. And I'm your Polterguide, Matt. And it is time for our year in review for 2022. So we're going to be talking about what we saw and covered, what we didn't, all the things, and just kind of a little catch-up right out the gate. As you know with us, we will begin spoilers on these movies that we're talking about. And if you've listened to the episode, then you have already been spoiled and should have watched the movie that we talked about. Absolutely. So let's just come out the gate swinging. What was our favorite film that we discussed? What did you guys like? It's it's Nope with a Bullet for me. Okay. Um, the only one that was even kind of rough competition was uh, uh, Bubba Hotep for me. But Nope was top tier. I, uh, I, I looked over the list and I was like, we had a really good crop of movies this year. We did. Yeah. I pretty much liked most of the movies we did. Um, I, um, I, I really liked American Werewolf just because that's that's one of my favorite movies. Um, I liked the original Firestarter. Uh, Doctor Strange was just a fun watch. The twenty minutes I remember of when a stranger calls. Um, <laughs> but nope was yeah i think the best movie this year that's just a good film you guys that's a good film so i just want to before i give my answer i i'm just gonna say i love nope nope i agree top tier oh no she's gonna say something else but <laughs> I, picked, is. I know i know yeah. where she's going i, black I, phone. See it. I loved black phone like i had read oh. the short story i that's I, not where i thought she was going <laughs> You know, I read the short story. I've been seeing the trailers. I was I was hyped for it. So I went black phone, but like nope, nope was close. Like it was like super, super close. And you know, uh, yeah. Nope show. No, black phone was good. Yeah. Black phone yeah. was good. Like yeah. I said, it was like, ooh. But yeah, no, I everything that you guys said about nope, I I agree with 100 percent It's just my particular taste. You know, give me Give me a good ghost story. I am, yeah, I am, I am here for that. What did you think I was going to say, Donna? Because now I'm curious. <laughs> X. Oh, okay. I, I, I did think about that real briefly, but I went back to what I like to go back to. Like, I don't, I'm not mad at ever going back to X. I, you know, I do love X, but I just, yeah, it was just black phone edged out. Nope. Just like by just the hair of its chinny chin chin <laughs> all right all right okay now so since we've hit favorite now let's go to least favorite film we discussed this year donna mentioned original firestarter is one of the ones she really liked it is easily my least favorite of the year original uh, firestarter but, was your least yeah, favorite yeah uh interesting the the performances in that so consistently took me out of the movie. I I was surprised they 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 found the courage to release it. Um, the new one is bad in in different ways, 
but the the original one graded on my nerves in particular ways. Uh, David Keith, Keith David, bad. Uh, Drew Barrymore, who's good in other movies, bad in that movie. Um, yeah. So Donna, I'm, I'm now I want to hear your answer. You know, I really didn't enjoy um, the the new Firestarter, Zac Efron's Firestarter, but even even it had. No, I can't say that. I didn't really like the new Firestarter. It had a Carpenter score. That's about the only okay. mark I'm, I'm giving new Firestarter. Um, Carpenter I score didn't... and Mike, Michael Gray eyes. That's mine for the new Firestarter. So. Oh, there you go. Sure. I knew I knew there was a reason I didn't write it down originally. I had I did I did my homework last night and I didn't write down the new Firestarter. Actually, I didn't write it down in the list I gave everybody, but yeah. <laughs> But I noticed that it wasn't there. And there was yeah. there was a reason I didn't write it down. And then this morning I was like, why didn't I put it there? Because but I knew there was a reason I didn't. So anyway, I didn't love X, but even I can recognize X is a good movie. It's just not for me. It's just not right. Yeah. For me. There were there were things I liked about X. Most of them were kid cutty, but I can recognize that it was a good movie. I just didn't like it so um i think i think for the most part we had a just we had a really good year of movies i felt like no we i i think we did too i i think and, and it was some of these were were hard to come up with and that's why some of our reasoning is like for i know for me it comes down to like super like drilled in because for my least favorite was the original Firestarter, and i grew up on it so I watched it a lot as a kid, but I couldn't unsee George C. Scott playing Red Face. Like I, that took me so out of it. This isn't a competition, Mac. I'm agreeing with her. That was a that was not a touchdown. I have defeated Donna <laughs> gesture. That was uh, Kenzie. Maybe I need to lower my arms a little bit. Kenzie. <laughs> um. And but also a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm fe- I'm feeling very called out. Well, and that's but that's why I was saying, Donna. I I grew I grew up with that film. I loved it as a as growing up. Like it was one of those when it was on, I was watching it, and I was here for all of it. I had my favorite parts. Going back now, as an adult, that's when I I couldn't unsee that, and so that's what took me out everything else you know it's fine but that just really like it's like oh no we're we're done yeah i still yeah. remember asking you how you felt about george c scott as michael redbird and you're going oh i'm fine yeah and, and thinking the- really <laughs> you're fine <laughs> i i i I regret not bringing up george c scott in my indictment of performances in that movie so <laughs> I, I co-sign on what you're saying, Kenzie. Thank you. Uh, now, I will say the last, like, 70 minutes of When a Stranger Calls almost made my my least favorite oh, list. In my discussion, I put When a Stranger Calls and Texas Chainsaw as competitors yeah, for like it my was, least favorite. It was, it was super close. I was like, oh. So, but yeah. Agreed. Agreed. That is where I'm at. And yes, Don, I do remember that text conversation we had about, like, uh, so uh, how do you feel about George C. Scott? And I'm like, that's fine. 
it's okay. Yeah, I'm okay with it. And then watching is like, oh no, this is not good. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh this no. Is, this is so oh, bad. Oh. <laughs> oh goodness. I can't stop giggling. All right. This this is this gonna be a good episode, gang. I can feel it. The giggles are here. This is this is gonna be good. Okay, so who was your favorite hero heroes of this year of the films we covered? My favorite hero was just collectively, we have a trope, and it's a trope that I love, which is just the old final girls coming back and kicking ass. So I'm just going to say collectively, the old final girls coming back and kicking ass is my favorite hero of this year. Laurie Strode, Sydney, the chick from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Sally. I couldn't remember her name either. I was like, yeah, and her, that lady. <laughs> that one. She was um, there too. <laughs> so that that's my favorite hero. The, the old chicks being like, I'm done. I'm done with you. I'm done. I'm putting you in an industrial meat grinder, which I know that wasn't a meat grinder, but it was that day. <laughs> so um, that's my favorite hero. I like that, Don. That is like that is a super good answer. Uh, I said OJ and Emerald Haywood from Nope. That was mine. Like I, I love in horror films when there is a sibling dynamic because it is mm. it is so different than than a couple dynamic. I think it's fantastic. There's just a more I don't know urgency because that's that's your brother, that's your sister. I don't know. There's just something that I just I really love that. I love seeing that, and both of them. Oh, Kiki Palmer and uh, Daniel Kaluuya, they just played off each other so well. And they, you, I really believe they were siblings and both just fantastic performances. And I, I just love them. There was an element of irritation yes. in everything they said to each other yes. that just screamed siblings. But then when they needed to have each other's back, like they were just, they were right there. And oh, yeah, chef's kiss. There's there's something I want to say about Nope, but I'm going to say it, save it until after Mac goes because it is not in relevance to this question. Um, uh, okay, Donna, I'm 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 going. I'm doing the touchdown s- signal with you. My answer is not quite 100 yours, but it's similar. Uh, my favorite hero, Hawkins and Laurie. I, I all I needed from that trilogy is not what other people needed from that trilogy. But it was those two kids to sort their crap out and 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 figure it out. I I lived for that. You can throw all the Corey Cunninghams you want my way. You can be mad about whatever you want. But Hawkins and Lori worked it out. And they're gonna go check out them cherry blossoms. And yeah. Not not just oh, the final girl who had enough, the final girl who has found peace as much as she can cherry blossoms man yeah yeah so just kind of between the layers one thing i love about nope is it's been however many months it's been since we've seen nope and i still find my thing myself thinking about it but i read something that daniel kaluuya said about it which was that prior to nope he didn't know how to ride a horse which is remarkable because he said a horse like yeah. a pro. Um, but he said that also informed his character because, and he's very, um, very true. He's very 
accurate that one thing that is required around horses is stillness. You cannot make sudden fast movements around a horse. Stillness is required. And that that ended up informing his character because one thing that OJ is, is just very still, very calm, Mm -hmm. very peaceful, very stoic. And Mm -hmm. I just thought that was interesting that in the process of learning to ride a horse and be around horses, it ended up informing his character to just be this very calm and still persona. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's it. Also, kudos to whoever taught him to ride a horse because he fucking looked like he knew what he was doing. Yeah. So. And yeah, and I love, and that is one of the things with, you mentioned it with Nope. That isn't, I'm the same way that there are beats of that film that I still think about today. Like that. It just, it's never like that far from my mind. So yeah. And I didn't know that about the horse. So that's really. Does this drift naturally into our next question though? What our favorite episode of the the year could be. It really does. Nice segue. I'm I'm an expert at that. Good on me for, for setting up such a, such a, artistic segue i did that on purpose that's good donna yeah uh i it was it was weird uh just the experience of seeing nope and getting ready for the episode and uh recording it i it felt like siskel and ebert fantasy camp for me because i like i had time off at work and i was like writing in the day and i had to stop writing to go catch the movie to come back and be ready to record the the episode and i was like it was like a little like professional movie critic fantasy camp for me so just the lead up to that episode was great but the three of us were effervescent in our discussion about nope that it was just the podcast listener cannot see the the jazz finger, the jazz snapping I'm engaged in right now. But we 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 came to that episode 100% ready to play, and it was a lot of fun. So I did not pick Nope, but every I do agree with everything that you said that about recording that episode. My favorites, I actually have a tie. <laughs> I did enjoy one recording 2022's Firestarter with Cass because that was just mm. that was such a fun discussion with yeah. everything and just you know and just it's Cass. Cass is awesome. And then two, I really enjoyed when all of us got together for Hannibal with Friendables. Like that was just we that was we hadn't done that, that you know in forever. So getting faces and being in front of everybody plus oh shit I'll talk about Hannibal and Clary Starling you know till the cows come home. And so just getting to do that and having that, because we kind of made a whole afternoon of it, watched the movie, had a little lunch, came in and recorded, and it was just, it was nice. So yeah, those are actually my those are very cool. My favorite too. My close runner-up was probably The Howling, but that probably goes into another question here later on, so I'm going to hold that until later. All right. Donna? It's a really hard pick, because again, I think we had a, a really good, a really good year even when the movie was bad, the episode was fun. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Nope is definitely a front runner. I really, I really loved the episodes when we had Ryan or Cass on because they're just, they're just great guests. And any, any of our guests, I love, I love his episodes when we have a guest. Like the insights that Ian had on Donnie Darko were great. I've, I just, I love when we have a guest on. You know. Um, brings a different energy. Um, but honestly, I really enjoyed Nope. Jordan Peele 
I think just is a genius. Period. Jordan Peele just is a genius without putting any qualifiers on it at all. At the same time, I love that he is bringing black people into mainstream. I mean, he is making these extremely popular movies that center black and brown people, which is not something that even in 2022 we're seeing very much of. Okay, so we're seeing black people centered as the heroes, which is fantastic because I don't think a lot of our paler people are going out of their way to seek out black voices. So I think that's something that Jordan is doing for us, that Jordan Peele is doing for us, is centering black people in mainstream consciousness um, in a way that I think is super helpful, which is has nothing to do with favorite episode. I'm sorry, I got far afield. I think my point in mentioning that Jordan Peele is a genius is he gives us a lot to talk about so let me circle back around to what we were actually discussing jordan peele gives us a lot to talk about well both of you have summed up what made that episode special and i'm not disagreeing either because like max said we we came prepared and we were we were ready we knew what to expect and all had different things that we thought that we saw and i think that episode was jazz I've just kind of co-opted your term there, Matt. (laughs) That it was, you know, we all had our different parts to play that we jumped in with our own melody. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, It was a feast of a movie and a feast of a conversation. Agreed. So what are we looking forward to in 2023? I'm a little worried about next year. The list looks a little slim, honestly. Maybe that's just because there's not a new Halloween movie and I got spoiled. (laughs) Um, or a new Jordan Peele movie. Like I'm missing those two from the equation. So it feels like a thin list. Evil Dead Rise looks intriguing. I'm always up for more Scream. Uh, Although without Sydney, it's going to feel weird. But then again, I also say like, this is a great marketing ploy to have Sydney be the killer in the next movie. Like, oh, we couldn't get her. No gamble. I mean, what are you going to do? What? She's in the last reel. (laughs) Probably not. But she's not eliminated on my list of suspects right out of the gate. Uh, but the one I'm most interested, most intrigued by is probably David Gordon Green's Exorcist. Uh, he he did a real number on the Halloween movies, so I'm 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 in for whatever he's got next. Yeah, weirdly enough, Mac, you and I are pretty in sync with what we're looking forward to because I do also have Evil Dead Rise. I've been hearing a lot of good things out the gate about it, basically. The whole reason it's getting a release is because the test screenings were really good. And so that all, and they, you know, I've seen, they showed one screen grab, which just looks like absolute carnage. So I'm, I'm here, here for all of that. Also, David Gordon Green's Exorcist. I want to see what happens, what he does, because they didn't have a cohesive OG trilogy. True. Let's see what he does. And I think, didn't they say... Ellen Burstyn is coming back. Didn't they announce that as well? Like she's in it, or maybe I'm having a fever dream that something was said. I don't remember hearing that, but that's possible. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, anytime he gets OG actors, I'm also 100% here for that. I also put down Knock at the Cabin. It's based on a mm. Paul Tremblay book. Mm. Um, I have read his Head Full of Ghosts. Still one of the scariest 
books I have ever read to this day. So I can't wait to see what happens with this because I've heard good things about this book. So I'm curious to see how that all kind of plays out. And plus, I'm never mad to see Batista on the screen. And he looks like he's playing not normal Batista. So I'm I'm interested. And this also has Groff sauce, which who doesn't want to see Groff sauce? True. True. You got me interested. <laughs> I am looking at the list for next year. And I'm kind of with Mac. I'm really side-eyeing that Salem's Lot. It seems like you're really rolling the dice every time you adapt a Stephen King work. Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. you end up with a masterpiece, and sometimes you end up with a giant steaming pile of poop. You have have your It, and you have your It Chapter (laughs) 2. So I don't feel like Salem's Lot has been a success previously. So I'm like, all right. I kind of like that book, so please do a good job. Then Evil Dead, I'm excited about. Evil Dead, I don't think they've ever disappointed me with Evil Dead. That's true. So I'm excited about Evil Dead. Honestly, I'm kind of not okay with Scream 6 lowballing Nev Campbell. And you're right. It could be it could be a marketing ploy, but I don't think so. I don't I don't think it is. I wanna hope I wanna I want to believe that. I don't know. I kind of want us to have a conversation about whether we're going to do it. And it sounds like we're going to do it, but I'm kind of. Well, it also makes, it will make interesting conversation that we will address the elephant in the room of, yeah, that was really shitty to lowballer. Like, I mean, I think that's, and we won't shy away from that. But and lowballing her and apparently having a framework for the movie where Sydney could just lift right out. Yeah, yeah. The, the production isn't like suddenly because she says I'm worth more, and the movie's like never mind. That that just meant she like with like with the last scream, she is it was at best an ancillary presence in the movie, and just you go in a final draft, do a control F, and get rid of her. Yeah. So the movie, I fear, comes from a corrupted place of not valuing Sydney. Mm-hmm. So we'll Which, see. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't love. I don't love that. So anyway, I guess what I'm looking forward to is uh, Evil Dead, and I have cautious hope towards Salem's Lot. Rob Lowe is not in it, so I think we're going to be ahead of the curve. I love Rob Lowe, but he was not good in that 2004 mm. miniseries of Salem's Lot. See, I never watched the miniseries, and I saw the OG one, I think, one time. And I mean, it and it, it took me a little bit to get through. And I mean, it's Toby Hooper, and I, right. I'm never mad at Toby Hooper. And I tried to read the book, and it... Oh, I love the book. I don't know if I was just in the right spot to deal with kings hey we got to have this 100 pages of buildup, and then when it gets going we're off the rails like i don't know if i you know that's one of his doorstop ones right like it's a thousand plus no huh? it's, it's a, not it's, no it's it's a thinner one okay yeah. I, I had this image of like a salem's lot paperback being yeah no it's not uh, uh, it's like his second published work so it's right. it's when editors were still going no, Steve, no. <laughs> yeah, ed- editors no. were telling him no, and he couldn't quite afford all the cocaine. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was when he was still putting out reasonable size books, not when he was at the point in his career when editors were saying, no, Steve, no. And he was saying, fuck you. Yes. And right. editors were going, you're right. Yes. Yes. Of course. <laughs> Whatever you want, Mr. King. Not as infamous as Anne Rice and no editors at all for a very long time. <laughs> I like to think, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe if I became an Anne Rice, Stephen King level writer, it would have gone to my head by then. But I like to think if I became a famous writer, I would still be like, listen, I can still misspell a word, please. I can still right. splice a comma. <laughs> oh, I know I will. Yeah, like I, I yeah, I've got to have that. <laughs> so. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I would become a famous writer and be like, my words are golden. Don't touch them. I blew my nose into this piece of <laughs> tissue paper. You will publish it. I don't know. The Salinger model of disappearing from the world sounds pretty nice, too. But yeah, no, Salem's Lot. Um, I mean, he is. he has always been more of a pantser than a plotter. So... Um, uh, so Salem's Lot does, you know. I'm intrigued yeah. by it, but like I said, I don't, I don't have because I didn't read the book. I don't have the, like, okay, yes, this is, I'm, I'm ready for this. It has, it has, it has one of the scenes from his books that just sticks in my mind, which I don't. Well, it's a little bit of a spoiler. Don't spoiler this. Okay, I won't. But I will say this, with you saying that, that makes me intrigued. Where I had you intrigued yeah. at Knock at the Cabin, that makes me intrigued about Salem's Lot. Okay. So we'll just, that's our trade, Donna. <laughs> okay. Fair. So where are we next? We are at our favorite media of the year, and it doesn't have to be hoarder and not on the podcast. I think my favorite media of the year was a very dear friend gifted me the video game No Man's Sky. Mm. Oh. And I lost way more hours than I should have, TBH, in No Man's Sky. It did what I really want a video game to do, which is just grab me and suck me in. Um, and I mean, I just really enjoyed it. And it's just been like the last like week that I've finally kind of detached my brain from it, which I'm a little bit sad about because that's, that's what I want a video game to do is just completely absorb me. And I mean, I, I spent hours in no man's sky and I loved it and it was fantastic. I'm also going to throw out the new quantum leap, which I apparently am one of very few people in the world who really loves. I think Maybe you had to really love the old Quantum Leap to really love the new Quantum Leap. That's the feeling I'm getting. But the new Quantum Leap makes me very happy. I really loved old Quantum Leap. It, I have not fallen in love with new Quantum Leap yet, I will say. I, I don't hate it. I just haven't fallen in love with it yet. I think just the moment that I realized that Beth Calavici existed and had been married to al mm -hmm. that was like that was nice yeah i'm all in i am all yeah. in i am 100 in you clearly loved the original i'm in anyway go ahead the absence of bacula has uh his absence is felt it is 
and I have heard that he declined to be involved. I think I'm doing the same thing with this that maybe you're doing with Scream 6. Like maybe it'll come around. <laughs> which is that maybe he's going to pop up. That's, I think, a real possibility. From what I understand of that situation is uh, they offered him involvement in Quantum Leap, but he also had some other pilot that he was interested in. The pilot didn't get picked up. Mm -hmm. So he's available now, but they have to value him. I mean, it, mm -hmm. they can't just say, here's the offer. It's this number. Take it or leave it. It's you're Scott Bakula and it's Quantum Leap. We have to roll out the same kind of deal you would roll out for Patrick Stewart coming back to Picard. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. If you're if yeah. exactly. Yeah. But there's, you know, Sam Beckett never came home yet. Sam Beckett's out there. Right. Mm -hmm. So he could be encountered. He could be encountered. You could even do a great sort of riff on that Deep Space Nine episode where they went back to the original series where a uh, new guy, and I'm blanking on his name, leaps into a situation where Bakula has also leapt into, and they're at like, like cross leapages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we can have a whole quantum leap conversation <laughs> later, but yeah, um, those those are the media that are currently making me very happy. Excellent. All right. So uh, we haven't done it on the podcast. I have mentioned it, but it's Hulu's Prey. It is Hulu's Prey, mm -hmm. and. Damn, if that isn't... It was a great one. It is not... It is It is well done. It is so well done. And then, on the other standpoint, this is a Comanche woman with her dog fighting a monster. Hello. If I had seen this as a child, even seeing it now as in a grown woman is so revolutionary and just so, like, I, I can't even put it and express the joy it brings me into words of how how great prey is mm -hmm. and then the fact you can watch it dubbed in comanche like oh it's it's chef's kiss so good and just it just makes me happy i just thinking about it that it exists in the world and just is so good and then i have to mention and i'm probably probably going to segue into what i think yours is going to be mac but uh kehu kwan's performance and everything mm -hmm. everywhere all at once like I it made me remember how much I loved him growing up in Goonies in Temple of Doom and he's just so charming and so just magnetic and I just I loved it so much and it was just it was so great and, and he is equal parts suave almost Bondian figure and goofball yes he's all of the things like anything you wanted to see him play he gets to mm. play that. And I mean, and that's and honestly, that's all all the characters in that film. But, yeah, you know, he he sticks out just because he was like when that movie was I don't know if it was right when the trailer was announced or they announced it. They talked about, you know, him coming back to acting. And I just that made my heart happy. And then when I got to see it, it still made my heart happy. And so, yeah, my my favorite media is things that made my heart happy. Uh, yeah, you, you're right. You, it was on, on my list. Everything, everywhere, all at once is probably my favorite movie of the year for all, all the reasons you said. It was just a symphony of everything that I love to see in a movie. And Kehu Kwan is so good in it. And it, it made it, it, it makes your heart happy. It made me mad that we haven't had him in movies for the last 20 plus years. Like he could be, he could, like, there's no reason he shouldn't be 
one of the great movie stars of all time. Like he should be in everything, everywhere, all at once. <laughs> and he was so. Uh, but I did have other uh, others on there uh, to not just piggyback on yours. For all mankind on Apple TV, uh, with a bullet became. Uh, not just my favorite TV show, but like an essential TV show in our house where we are like, we're not even talking about the show. And then one of us will say, gosh, I hope Molly's dog was not in JSC when it uh, got attacked. And then they're like, yeah, I hope so. And just occasionally a high Bob gets thrown out there. And uh, really for a TV show, not only to become like my favorite thing of the year, it's also probably now in my top, five maybe top 10 favorite tv shows of all time but to add a horror thing in there what was my favorite horror related but not on the podcast thing i took in well obviously that's malignant <laughs> immaculate you liked malignant <laughs> i did i i enjoyed malignant for 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 what it's worth it's 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 a rough movie but for the record mm -hmm. and this might need to be said on the podcast i don't know why the movie is unabashedly what it is. There's no hiding it. it. There are certainly flavors in there that people will not like, and that is absolutely uh, fine. I struggled with it a little bit at the beginning. I'm like, this seems a little too arch for me. But by the end, I was like, whoa, little dude in her head's just like coming out and kicking everybody's ass. Like, I kind of like that. You get to that jailhouse fight and... Like, yeah, that's when like, how could she not be having fun? Anyway, I I was tickled to death by Malignant. You can put that on the, the posters now. I, it tickled me to death. <laughs> <laughs> I see why now you wanted to go last on that question. And that's I did. It, it felt like the stinger. Yeah, that's a good call. So we're going to do things a little bit different than, you know, as you guys know, we always do our what is our happy place of the week? Well, this year we're for since it is our year end episode, we're doing our happy place of the year. Uh, who wants to go first? Mine's a little heavy, so maybe oh. I go first. Okay, and then okay, and then lighter okay. stuff. Hopefully, we'll we'll cleanse it. So, like a year ago today, I was dealing with some kind of heavy stuff. I had some really pretty serious heavy drama going on, massive personal drama. True that. If if any of you have ever gotten yourselves entangled with a narcissist, one, I'm really sorry. And two, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm free of all that now. And I can't tell you how freeing it is, how much better my mental health it is. I had a realization the other day. Like, I used to drive around in my car Spending brain cycles. I mean, spending a lot of time thinking about how much time different people had spent being the center of attention. I mean, I spent time thinking about this because it mattered. I mean, I, I put a lot of time analyzing, well, this person spent this much time being the center of attention, and this person spent that much time being the center of attention, and I spent this much time being the center of attention. And I realized that for a year, I had spent no time at all thinking about who had been the center of attention. And um, that normal people don't do that. <laughs> it's just, 
Ah, it's fantastic. Um, so anyway, that's my happy place for the year is that I am just so much more mental health wise, healthy. I'm free of all that. My mental health is better. Uh, and I just want to say, listen, if you are involved with someone who's hurting you and I'm, I mean, yes, I am talking about physically. Yeah, absolutely. I'm talking about physically, but I'm also talking about emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> If someone is hurting you, it's not worth it. The good times are not worth it. The good times are the drug they're giving you to keep you hooked. Um, the good times are not worth it. Get away. You almost certainly have friends who are waiting for you to get away so that they can support you. I know I certainly did. So you'll be so much happier. Also, my dog. My dog makes me very happy. She's a champion snuggler. So... <laughs> That's my happy place. That is a fantastic happy place, Donna. I love it. And yes, and I'm and that makes me happy for you. My happy place, I uh I'm gonna go ahead and uh I think it's a it's a good segue. It's a good segue. So my happy place for the year is Mac returning to the podcast. Yes. It just reminded me just how much I enjoyed discussing film with you and just just having you back here. And this, it just felt right. I mean, yes, we, we were still friends on social media popping on just, you know, little, little blurbs here, little blurbs there, but I get to see one of my friends and talk horror films with every two weeks, you know, and also the Batman love that you have a little bit different than mm -hmm. mine, but that's okay. That's okay. But still though, well, Batman love is good love. Yeah. But still though, <laughs> it's, it's your return, you know, into the podcast being, you know, a little bit more here in my life and i just i like it it makes me happy and i'm glad this reconnection happened and i'm so that's my happy place of the year i concur that's a perfect segue into mine because it was it's almost exactly the same if you if you had told me at any point over a year ago that i would be back regularly on this podcast i would have been like uh, okay sure jan <laughs> <laughs> and the opportunity came up and the the moment was right and it, it's it's been a delight. it's been a challenging year i think for everybody uh just me trying to keep my energy up for all my various insane undertakings uh this there there was a time in the past where this show did begin to feel like a chore in the last year it has it's not been a chore it's been joyful work so yeah definitely my happy place and i you know I, I, I stepped away for a while and I'm glad I, I'm glad I came back too. happy place for the week, though, by the way, uh, the Republicans eating it hard. <laughs> the red wave. Yeah. Spish, splash. <laughs> Where'd it go? <laughs> the red wave. <laughs> Bring us back down to earth. Yeah, it was like, oh, honestly, like you could there's a lot of things about about Biden you want to disagree with and be a little bothered by, but I think in the future we're going to view him as a far savvier political op uh, uh, mind than the current news cycle ever did, because he's he's pulled off some really amazing things with a bad hand at the beginning of it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm happy that the world, like there's disappointing political news. We're here in Oklahoma and what we thought was good news didn't come to pass. Yeah. Yeah. But but across the board, the news is much better than what was feared. So the world makes a little bit more sense now than it did about two weeks ago, which yeah. is needed after the last several years because it just felt like a 
cascading series of nuttiness. Yeah. Yeah. I will definitely co-sign on that uh, happy place of the week. I agree. But I also, since you mentioned happy place of the week, well, now I have to mention something that's not political. My Nerf gun pulse rifle that Billy ordered for me over a year ago came in and it's so amazing. It is. So- I saw that online and I was like, you know who would love this? <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing. You guys like, oh, you have to pop the clip in. It makes the noise. It's got a counter. Oh, it's great. The counter is the key. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you can, if you want it, want it to look more dramatic, you can set it down lower than the 99. Oh, yes. Yes. It's, it's so good. It is so good. Does it just shoot the little Nerf darts? Yeah. And it came it? with Nerf darts, yeah. but it also has big Nerf darts to do the grenade launcher, which is also chef's kiss. Oh, yeah. Nicely done. It's good stuff, gang. It's super good stuff. I Like I said, I wasn't doing Happy Place of the Week, but it's like, well, since Mag mentioned that, then all right, I'm going to talk about my Pulse Rifle. My Mine for the week is my Bone Box subscription came in, and it had some Bobcat Claws in it. Ooh, those are nice. And they're huge. They're so big. They're really big. Mm-hmm. My continued concern for the year is that there is a subscription service for Bones. <laughs> <laughs> But it makes you happy, Donna, so I'm good with it. <laughs> Presented by SkullsUnlimited.com. That's the part Donna's been leaving out all year. But there's a whole website and part of their subserve. Like, clearly, we'll get you any bone you want. But if you just are good for a roulette of bones, whatever we've got lying around the weird graveyard we're running this website from, <laughs> we'll send you a smattering of bone. They're in Moore, Oklahoma. That makes sense. That does. That tracks, actually. <laughs> I really do hope the Skulls Unlimited has a TikTok. And I want the I want to watch one of their box packing videos now, knowing like, Oh yeah. Like, let's pack this box for our subscriber. Hey, somebody try to get, you know, venture capital from that. Like, we're gonna disrupt the bone distribution business. Like, I'll put it in order. There's a bone distribution business. <laughs> I wonder if they know how much free advertising they've got from us. Hey, hashtag bone box. Yeah. Put the code. Put the promo (laughs) code um, cabin at your checkout and you'll get nothing. I've already uh, ordered their Christmas box. Yes. They have a a Christmas box. It's Santa and the reindeer, isn't it, Donna? I don't know. It's a surprise. What makes a bone particularly festive, but also in a Christian way? That's that's what I want. Oh, Mac, I can't give that answer. I have a horrible thought, I, and I'm just not going to give it. Fair. Last year, it was a beaver skull. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, oh, yeah, that okay. makes yeah. No, no sense at all. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that the business exists and that you are a joyful customer of what they have to offer. Yes. Anything that is not hurting other people that make my friends happy, I am 100% a fan of. Bonebox makes Donna happy, so you know what? 100% a fan of. I'm assuming the bones are collected ethically and don't want to be told otherwise. Exactly. (laughs) It is. It is. They are collected ethically. And I am a science nerd. I have never been unclear about this. That's true. (laughs) True that. No. If I stumbled across a bone distribution box business outside of this, that would be a lovely holiday gift for you, Donna. 
but you're you're way ahead of the curve on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So um, as we said at the beginning, this is the, our year-end episode, so we'll be on a little bit of a hiatus. We'll see you after the new year, new episode, same shenanigans that you guys love. We are talking about trying to do some special episodes, but I don't think those are finalized, so I don't want to make any promises. And it's possible they may be after the first of the year, too. So you never know. That's also possible. So um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. There might be something in the stream left by Santa or Baby New Year. Or the Bone Father, who is the the (laughs) god that I particularly worship. you can find us on social media uh, at Beyond Cabin on Twitter and Instagram. Also have a Facebook page, our webpage, beyondthecabinofthewoods.com. You can find us there. Uh, I'm at Callista77. I'm at Dragon Goblin. There's no I in Goblin on the burning bonfire that is Twitter. <laughs> Has it like we've been recording for about an hour? Has anyone checked to see if Twitter exists in the last hour? I nope, I didn't check before we started. So, oh my god, there's there's my Schadenfreude. Yeah. yeah, it's fun when you suddenly realize you've never said a word out loud. Anyway, so at Dragon Goblin, no I and Goblin on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am on Twitter, which yes, Virginia, Twitter still exists. Uh, as of this recording, as of you are listening, I got no, I, I can't make those promises. Uh, at Party Apocalypse, uh, I do have an Instagram. There's nothing there, although there might be stuff there soon because things are becoming narrower. Uh, PartyApocalypse.com for other podcasts, including The Holodex is Broken, Friendables, The Fourth Wall, As the Myth Turns. In the new year, uh, some friends of mine are starting a new podcast, Disorganized, a Criminal Minds podcast. They're going to watch Criminal Minds from the beginning. Uh, I'm not going to be on that one, which feels weird because, you know, as I tell my mother, if you really want to talk to me, I'm on a podcast every couple of days. And that's it. Partyapocalypse.com. Bye. And... As always, thank you to our editor, Billy, who wrangles in these shenanigans and makes us sound fantastic. We love you, Billy. And thank you guys for listening. We do appreciate it. If you're so inclined, you know, please rate and review us. And don't read the Latin. Do you know what horror is? <laughs> <laughs>